Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and with me today are... Jake. Chris? No, oh, Jake. God, everything's gone wrong. I thought it was Ames. I thought no. it was Ames. Wow. No, Ames, Neat. Caitlin, Jake, Chris. You know, oh, you know, this is this is all optional, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. We could just start screaming just all Just jump in. in. All Ames. our names have been said, so let's just... We did Chris. it. Chris. Cool. Why are we allowing episode 319 to be where this devolves into absolute chaos? It's always been absolute chaos. Enterprise is already breaking us. This is episode 319. Yeah! And today we're looking at two more episodes of Star Trek Enterprise, or I guess just Enterprise at this point. And we'll be covering two episodes, Unexpected and Terra Nova. Ugh. In Unexpected, let's see. Enterprise starts having some weird malfunctions on board with uh, replicators spitting out poop and how's the anti-grav uh, working oh uh, the anti-grav is not great and i'm pretty sure that captain archer broke his entire ass when he fell from the ceiling of his shower when the anti-grav went back in went back on rather uh it turns out that the reason for this is that there's a little cerulean cerulean ship yes. uh hiding out on their like rear nacelle or something i don't know someplace back there and kind of siphoning off their energy because their warp core is uh, messed up and they need to recharge and make repairs but we're starfleet of course so we're like we'll help they're like hey trip guess what this time buddy you get to go on the away mission but uh it's gonna really suck and trip's like oh boy hooray for me (laughs) in order to go to the other ship though he has to like i don't know decon and then he has to like sit in solitary for three hours while he uh, for decompression and recompression the cerulean's like fill his like uh what do you call that his airlock thing that he's sitting in with like gas that burns the shit out of his lungs and he gets aboard the station and he's no and then he plays some kind of visual simon game where he has to be like red three blue yellow orange 12 whatever This series of tests is to make sure that he's acclimated, so he gets on the ship, but guess what? He's still not acclimated. Shit's moving all weird. He can't concentrate. He's dizzy. He thinks he has a fever. It's a whole mess. And the the people, you know, the Cerulean's are kind of like, okay, new kids on the block. We have tons of experience meeting other people. If you just go and rest, you'll be fine. And Archer's like, well, Trip, they say if you just have some rest, you'll be fine. And Trip's like, ah, I don't want to stay. And Archer's like, okay, baby, put on your big boy pants and go have a nappy. And uh, he does. And he wakes up and lo and fucking behold, he's fine. <laughs> Not only is he fine, but so is uh, Alen, Alen, Alan, uh, <laughs> a Cerulean engineer who is a hot, scaly, sexy lady. And uh, she and Trip are working together to get their engines back online. Both of them are like, thirsty as fuck like nobody and i mean nobody since the malcorian nurse back in tng has been so thirsty for human dick damn you just pulled that vocabulary out of nowhere <laughs> nope i looked it up before the show <laughs> okay uh, fair but it's a great reference right. <laughs> what am i you i don't know this shit <laughs> what a show is this what i don't remember anyway so so they go in and end. Not only is Alan hot and totally DTF, that's down to fuck. 
she's like, hey, check out this awesome new uh, technology we have. Well, she doesn't say new. It's new to Trip, though. And it's a freaking holodeck. Sweet. He can smell the air. He can touch the sand. He can finger bang the lady, but she's a real lady. Trip finishes up with what with the uh, the, the fixing lady. of the, oh. the engines. Yeah, that too. Uh, you know, his three day mission has hath ended and he goes back to, uh, to Enterprise. They part ways and uh, Trip notices that he's grown a little a little something something on his hand. At this point, Caitlin says, is he fucking pregnant? <laughs> uh, because I had not noticed that the title of this episode was unexpected. So oh, it was just as unexpected to Trip as it was to me. The only thing I expected, no, wait, I expected him to be pregnant. What I didn't expect was him to be growing fucking nipples on his hands. Ugh, so gross. thanks Are for that. Are they allowed to even show that? Uh, well, they're man nipples, so yes, technically. But they're breeder nipples, so. But they're, well, all all nipples are breeder nipples. Could you milk me, Greg, or whatever Which that is to is. say that you you need both, I don't know. They're not, they're not, they're, they're, breeder, not, they're breeder, not feeder nips. You know, I don't know. Anyway, Trip is pregnant and he's getting moody and bitchy and he's eating a lot and he's crying about nothing. And they're trying really hard to track down the Zerillion ship again because they're like, WTF, do we do with this baby? Um, you guys have it. We don't want it. And they're having trouble finding him. And uh, Trip is being more and more of a man baby when finally we find what we think is the Zerillion ship. However, they're apparently having problems again because they're now feeding off of a Klingon warbird. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. Thankfully, they're able to they're able to wing over wing over. Excuse me. No, they're able to win over the Klingon captain whose name I see here is Vorok. Apparently. Uh, they win him over by being like, yeah, uh, uh, so there's somebody on your wing. Don't kill him, though. Uh, my man Trip here, yeah, he got knocked up by one of their ladies. And the Klingons think that's so funny, they forget to kill the Cerulean's. Trip and Alen get back together, and she's like, OMG, I knocked you up, my bad. And they are thankfully able to move the baby from Trip's body to wherever to space. do its thing. Straight into and space. <laughs> straight into space. And the Enterprise crew are able to go their own way. It is, however, sort of important to note, because I have no idea if we're going to run into Vorok again, but the only reason that Vorok helped us to, like, re reconnect with the Cerulean's is because of the favor, the favor that the, the humans did, that well, that Archer in particular did, to return what's-his-name to them after he'd been injured Plang. by that farm. They so, also kind farmer. of promised on the Cerulean's behalf, like, they'll give you some technology. We didn't ask if they will or not, but, you know, they'll do it, right? Yeah, they didn't give us no holodeck shit. Right. Oh, man. That holodeck man, thing Trip is fun. gonna be bumming. Trip, Trip was tripping. Vorok's like, okay, cool, but our debt's paid now, and next time we see you, we're gonna fuck you up! <laughs> Bye! As they should. Bye! Okay, and I think I, that's pretty much the end of the episode. I did lose my fucking shit at, I can see my house from here! Yeah, that oh, was... Oh, God. That was, what the hell line is that? I mean, it's Why? exactly what it, It's a Willy Wonka line. Well, it's also just, it's just a running gag kind of line. Oh. Like, yeah. Any anytime somebody You're is really looking at anything, Vorok said that. Yes, I totally missed that. Or the that Klingon somehow. with him, one or the other. I mean, so like, did the Klingons have to download their equivalent of Google Maps into the yeah he the gave Zerillion computer or something? He gave the Zerillion a, a chip saying this is our planet's topographical information. But that it has like 
everybody's house. My God. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's Klingon Google, whatever Klingon for Google is. And this is how the Zerillians take over Kronos. <laughs> oh, before we get too into it, I wanted to ask. Oh, no. Was Alen? Yes, we have seen she, her before. Was she Neelix's new wife? Ding, ding, yep. ding. D- Jake got it. Dexa got it. from Homestead. No wonder she's such a hottie. Yeah. Yeah, she was a fine looking uh, lizard lady. Tell you what. She's given Ducat a run for his money for me. <laughs> we like our lizard lizard people. We certainly do. Her I eyes were really cool too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they cool, were cool contacts. That's a cool looking species. She was but, so but, bummed though. She was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be perfect. Consequenceless sex because they're an alien. There's no way we're compat." Fuck! Damn it! Well, you see, that's that's something that kind of. I feel like I got blue balls watching this episode. Because, like, there were, there's ample opportunities for drama in this, and like, I feel like they took the most milk toast way out. Yeah, it felt like it, everything was drawn out, and it felt like every chapter was just like, eh, we'll just keep writing without really having much conflict most of the time. I feel like that's been the pattern. The entire time so far. No, no, don't worry. Here comes some conflicts. It's the Klingons. Oh, no, wait, never mind. They're cool. Yeah, we're just going to talk it out. Yeah, yeah, because remember... That's what Klingons are really well known for. Archer's, Archer's like and, uh, your, your best friend now because he saved one of you once. Sure. He did prevent a civil war. That was going to start a civil war. I missed this. Well, that's what T'Pol claimed. Yeah, oh, that's no, right, because T'Pol lies because Vulcans lie all the time. No, yes. no, no, Ames. It's that they never lie. Yeah. But yeah, no, the, the, the whole thing was the uh, the Zindi were trying to start a Klingon civil war and Clang had the, the proof Zindi? that it was. Yeah. We we, we met the there. Zindi? Not the Zindi. Oh, the, the Sulaban. The Sulaban. The Sulaban. Okay. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, right. Because, yeah, that, the, the whole fucking pilot's way too goddamn complicated for me. So, yeah, I, but I probably missed that in one of the million plot threads going on. See, I, I really thought. And I wonder if it was like a rewrite or somebody pushed out on it. I don't know. But I really thought that where they were going to go with towards like a like a favorite son sort of thing where this species reproduces by implanting eggs into a host. Yeah, that's favorite what I son like, being that Harry Kim episode. Yeah, where they mm. where they reproduce by turning other people into them and then sucking their blood or whatever they were going to do. But, yeah, because like, right. like it make that makes way more sense the way the episode is structured. You have you lure somebody onto your ship, you drug them so they're all woozy for a while, you nurse them back to health with jello you, shots. You have a rapport, and then you take them into the fuck palace, dip your hands in the fuck bowl, and then send them on their way. Yeah, well, and, and that, especially when they land on the Klingon ship again. Like right, felt, exactly. Like and then exactly when we finally catch up on. to them and yeah. they're just on the Klingon ship, it's like, oh, obviously this is just what they do. They go around dumping eggs in people and then, you know, when inevitably the person gives birth or whatever, the little monster is a xenomorph and takes over the ship or something. I don't know. Being fair, we don't know that wasn't the plan with the Klingons. Enterprise just fucked it up and they had to play along. True. So if you wanted it in your be. heart of hearts, you could still believe that's actually what they do. 
But I mean, like, I just don't see how else it could be. Like, it just, especially considering this is Star Trek, and like we've seen that before. You know, it just feels yeah. right. But maybe that's yeah, why I think, they didn't go that I feel like if they route. had done that, I would have been like, oh, this feels like a recycled plot. But at least it's a plot with intrig- intrigue and drama versus this one, which is just kind of like some shit happened and we fixed it. It's fine. And like most of the pregnancy stuff was just like guffaw. Uh, ugly stereotypes and like giggle fests. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when Futurama does it and Kiff gets knocked up a notch... It's a comedy show, so you expect it. Hmm. Yes. I don't know. I was also royally pissed at Archer for breaking the promise to, you know, not tell literally everyone Trip's pregnant by just giving him a look like Trip. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell I'm going to. I've, I've already told them. I told everyone now in front of you, in front of the bridge. Reed is cracking jokes now. The Klingons are cracking jokes at your expense. And it should... That kind of thing should have been Tucker's decision to tell, is what yep. I'm going to say. Fuck yep. you, Archer. Fuck your stupid face. I, well, I, thought, I thought that it like... was Trip that ultimately said it, though. Nope, it was Archer. Is that right? He said there's a pregnancy involved. Yeah, he didn't say, he didn't say specifically what it was. He just said there's a pregnancy involved. Oh, and, and then, then Trip stepped forward? Step forward. Yeah, because they assumed but, it was him knocking up the Zerillion before, until it was like, mm, oh, god damn, yeah. fuck. We're gonna kill yeah. the Zerillions yeah. anyway! Yeah. Like, but wait, okay. And Fuckers. Like, here's the thing. The, like, I get that the people on Enterprise might snicker a little under their breath at it, but the Klingons, they don't know how humans reproduce. Maybe it's perfectly normal for the males to get pregnant. They don't know. That's... Not everyone keeps their genitals in the same place. I guess Mine that's maybe a storage lot. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Um, the ge- opening gag of this episode. Oh, with, God, with the shower. With the shower. Ugh. And the Looks very, stupid. very de- deliberately placed kind of like wall area in the shower door. Yep. The opaque shower door area. And then, like, it, there was a lot of cheesecake going on. I feel like there were a lot of, like, intentional shots of, like, ooh, here's Archer from, like, the waist up. Ooh, you know. Oh, know. you can ooh. see, you can just see, we were just an inch more and you'd see butt. You can see his two nipples. <laughs> well, Trip's that's, got, that's like, how they got, I was gonna say, that's how they got away with showing both of Trip's. They were like, well, it's, it's only fair. Nipples all I mean, around. <laughs> They showed off Trip's bulge again, so... They did. Yeah, they're just... That's just a thing. Too much. It's so much. God God damn it. Do we know... Does anybody know? Is he stuffing or is that all Trip? Or, for second question, does he just have huge balls? Because, I mean, that could just be really big balls. Just saying. I I don't know. I mean, we'd have to... We'd have to buy a cameo (laughs) from Connor Trenier and find out. (laughs) Well... (laughs) Uh, well, I mean, I'm not against it. I, uh... I know Ames isn't. I, I, I... On the one hand, I do appreciate that, like, at first you think it's a cold open, like, ah, oh, yeah, the Enterprise is kind of a piece of junk. But then it actually ties into the larger plot, so that was nice. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. But on the other hand, I would assume your Starfleet training is, hey, if the gravity goes out, Grab onto whatever you can to get yourself close to the ground so that when it turns back on, you don't break your whole tailbone like Archer surely did. Yeah, yeah his, it seems like that you should, they should be pretty accustomed to being in zero G. 
and yeah, not bracing uh, does seem kind of dumb. And he like, it, I mean, at one point he like grabbed the shower head and pulled himself further up instead yeah. of pushing himself down. It's like what? And again, that's that's a, starting to think that uh, Archer got this uh, assignment kind of like how Chris Tucker gets his assignment in Rush Hour, where they're just like, let's just get him out of here. Well, I mean, he got this assignment because his daddy's famous. Yeah, he's a he's a nepo baby. He's, yeah, big time. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but column A, column B, one in Rome. I don't um, know. it also it also bothered me ever so slightly that the water coming out of the shower head didn't seem at all affected by the the gravity. Oh, I didn't notice that. I assumed the water that was coming out was still affected by force in a direction. Well, yeah, yeah, there's pressure, but I, I don't know. I still feel like it would kind of spritz. S- spray around. Yeah, it, would, it wouldn't all be going down. Okay, we'll get a cameo from that astronaut everyone likes to explain that. There you go. Oh, the one that plays guitar on the space station? Yeah, Michael Crichton Is he or still up there? No, God, isn't, no, no. Isn't he like a senator now? Oh man, I hope so. I thought Let's he was some sciencey senator. Oh, maybe not. I maybe mix. It. I know there is an astronaut senator. Well, that was uh, that oh, was that Buzz Aldrin. Wasn't there a woman? No, was Mark it? Kelly is the is the uh, senator from Sp- Arizona. Space. Which one's Mark Kelly again? He's an astronaut who's a senator from Arizona. Okay. His wife is Gabby Giffords. The congresswoman right. that got shot in the head yes. oh, many God. years ago. I guess yeah. I, I knew about her. I didn't know he was also in politics. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is, but I, I don't oh, know. I, if he, I just I don't know if he's the, ast- the astronaut you're thinking of, though. Chris Hardfield? Hardwick? Oh, yeah. Different guy then. Yeah, Mark Kelly. But Buzz Aldrin also was a senator at one point. Oh, really? Was he a yeah. senator or a congressman? I don't oh, know. I'm not positive. But wow. he was in the this federal conversation riveting. Yes. Well, he, he could be well, a senator. Today, next to you on C-SPAN, the podcast. Yes, we just list people. A person. A couple other early touches. I think it's, is it Hoshi? Somebody's eating some kind of food. No, it's Tapol. Tapol's eating some kind of food. And, and Flox is like, you should eat human shit. Mm. And Tapol says, no, that's not what I want to eat. And Flox like, I don't want diarrhea. Yeah, and Flox won't let it go because he's a fucking asshole. Yeah, I really sucks. can't stand flocks. Well, I'm glad to. Yeah, I I kind of keep going back and forth. Are you? I feel like we talk about Mash more than we should on this show. But like, has anybody else seen Mash? No. Jake, you either. Not Damn outside it. of the odd episode. All right. Well, fine. This is for the listeners. Then maybe Chris. It's for Chris. Me, we know. We get no, it. No, no. Chris doesn't know. He's. I actually asked him, and he didn't know the character. But he reminds me of Charles Winchester the Third, which is like. Hawkeye's, like, second round of jerk roommates in the show. Just very, like, Boston Brahmin, very, like, um... Well, you said it was, like, him and... Well, a little mix of him and, um... Frasier. Yeah, Frasier. Because it's got the sort of, like... Forehead. Scientific interest thing, but also, like, be and the really pretentious... Yeah, the pompous doucheness of it all. Yeah, exactly. He's also got the early seasons Frasier hair. (laughs) Hmm. And didn't you say it was the guy that was in Half a Life, the one you're talking about? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, well, he was in Mash. Yeah, that's what that's the that's character. What that's, that's who I'm talking about. Oh, okay, okay. That yeah, guy, the character he yes. played. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, big, big Charles vibes for me. 
Yeah, so while I'm being angry about angry at Flocks for pushing food onto Pole, who already said no, later on, Topol is telling Tucker, when you go over to their to their side, don't be too judgy about their food. And it's like, Topol, you you just were being judgy about food a scene early. God, what fucking goddamn this show. <laughs> okay, now, Caitlin brought up something similar, but here's the thing. Tell us. When it's your co-worker being a pain in your ass, you can tell them to fuck off. He's going over as a diplomat. She doesn't want him causing an incident. That's true. Well, it's just one of many consent problems in this episode. So mm. I, yeah. I, think it's worth, I think it's worth bringing up, Ames. Thank you. I hear what you're saying. So, oh, no, no, frankly, no. the blueberry pancakes did look good. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, fuck yeah. Who the doesn't want a blueberry pancake? The complaint is valid still, but I, I, there is a difference between like what T'Pol was going through with Phlox and why she's giving Trip the advice she is. You know, I gotta say, I could see T'Pol not wanting, like, you know, a rasher of bacon or something like that. But I think, I would think, that she would love a blueberry pancake. They're vegetarian. They're fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, it's established here that, that there's, like, some kind of pressure differential or something between the ships. And, and therefore, when you go between the ships, you have to spend three hours in this decompression room, which is, like a cylindrical room that's about three feet in diameter. Yep. Oh, I would have an entire fucking freak out in there. So so Trip spends his three hours there on the way in, and he spends his three hours there on the way out. Later, he returns to the ship in the company of two Klingons. Yep. I want to know what happened in that three-foot cylindrical room <gasps> for yes. the three hours that Trip and two Klingons were crammed Both in times. there. The most awkward silence in history. Yeah, I don't think See, those that would have been would've a would've scene gone... they could have shown. That's the thing. Like, mm. so the, they felt like there were way too many inconsequential scenes in this episode. Because I think once we got to the interesting part, which I think is the oh, Trip's pregnant, we have to deal with this part, which happens fairly far into the episode. Yeah, it was about the, halfway. We in. could have cut a whole ton of like the the original stuff. I mean, yes, it is cool to see decompression as a thing in space that they have to deal with. That's interesting. I kind of want that jello water. That looked cool. Seeing the Zerillians, I called it their Meow Wolf room. Have you guys seen Meow Wolf? No. Jake, no, tell, tell everyone about it. Meow Wolf and how we have it's to like go. A, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's like um, it's like a art exhibit like, slash... Surreal experience. Surreal, yeah, surrealist experience uh they're they're in a few different cities i think most of them are out west but they're just let's look it up meow wolf links below it's all but like a lot of it's very um very colorful and shiny and stuff yeah imagine one w or two two meow wolf two words two words yeah imagine like like a walk-through haunted house kind of a thing, but it's not for scares. It's just for weird fucking shit. Sounds awesome. It does look pretty cool. I think there might be like a virtual one, perhaps, because I think in Walkabout Mini Golf, which I also highly recommend, uh, it's a virtual reality mini golf game. I thought at some point they were going to partner with Meow Wolf and make a level, and it would be the fucking best. So I'm keeping my eye out for that. Nice. But anyway, that's what they're. Holodeck. First impression of their holodeck looked like to me is just this 
okay, we're in a weird fucking artsy fartsy room that turns into the holodeck and all this thing. And we go on the boat and put our hands in some shit. And there's a telepath. The telepathic thing was just another element of thing. It's another episode where there's just too many things going on. They have no focus. Man, Why speak- couldn't the, the, the hand juice bowl have just be- given like sexual gratification? Like, yeah, I, it would have been fine. Instead, so- it had to once again be fucking un unconsented uh, to mind reading. Yeah. This mm. is a little yeah, game like- we play. Oh, you think I'm hot. Yeah, we're just going to this is how we get off. It's going to be fun. You'll like it. Trust me. Yeah, it feels like it, it's one of those cases where the censors wouldn't let them have a sex box. So their technically PG solution is actually sex worse. <laughs> but we've had so many sex boxes in Star Trek. We had an episode where the whole object of the of the episode, like the whole outcome was in to put a a jerk-off machine on a child. Because everybody wanted the child to jerk off. No, no, see, but the way they they got away with that because they explained to the Sensors. No, no, no. It's a it's a drug metaphor, not not a wank machine. He's talking about the game aims. You look confused. The game. Oh, the game with Wesley. Yeah. Yes. I don't consider Wesley a child in that episode. He's a teen at least. Yeah, but he's still, still. not legal. Yeah. Sex box. <laughs> still, if you tried to watch him masturbating, you would be arrested. So yeah. yikes. Well, Fucking yikes. I mean, now, of course, if you want to watch Will Wheaton masturbate, you got to buy a cameo. Is that what these guys are oh doing my. on their cameos now? Well, I had no idea. I better start saving my pennies. Onlyfans.com. <laughs> Woof. Gonna but go yeah. on OnlyFans and see if Robert Picardo has, a, has an account. <laughs> he does, but he just sings. That's fine. While wearing that sweet smoking jacket thing. Joke's on you, bitch. I'm into that shit. I'd pay I- for that. I actually did feel bad for Trip when he gets back and they're like, Trip, you're pregnant. What what did you do with their women? And he's like, literally nothing. I did I ate their food, yep. I worked on their ship, I went in their holodeck room. I didn't I didn't even physically touch any of them. And One of them did the touch my face. Blaming. Don't Where's get the victim blaming. Go ahead. Don't get me wrong, Captain. I wanted to. I wanted to real bad, but I was pretty sure they probably just had a cloaca, and that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> okay, I really wow. like your trip. Your trip voice is pretty good. Thank you. We'll see if I can still do it when I'm not w- ill next time. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> the key with Trip is he never ever says Captain. Does he it's, not? It's Captain. Once Captain. I realized this the first time I watched it, I was always listening. There was a key moment where I believe he does say it once. Hmm. Mm. And I'm going to keep an eye out for it for when I think we get to it. Yeah, so audience, Um, listen along with us as you're watching through Enterprise for the one time uh, Connor Trenier puts the T in Captain. Try Mm. this exciting drinking game at home where you'll get to drink exactly once in the entire series when Trip says, (laughs) Captain. (laughs) The worst drinking game ever. And I might be misremembering, so you might never get to drink. Captain, this bowl of cereal here is all berries. Captain and, and Captain Archer goes, oops. They should have had an episode where space stuff knocks out the whole crew, but not Porthos. And it's just following him around the ship for 45 minutes. And it could have been oops all Porthos. And it's Yay. Uh, oh. Well, it could be, uh, God, what's the name of that? No. What's the name of that movie? Dog Day Afternoon. 
We could call it Dog Day Afternoon. It'd be like Data's Day. There we go. And Data's yeah, like Day Afternoon. One scene is literally just him like he climbs on top of the unconscious Malcolm and sleeps on him for like five minutes. <laughs> I would watch that. Oh, good Speaking dog. Speaking of Porthos, I wonder how injured he got when the gravity turned back on. He didn't. He fucking learned the training. He followed <laughs> the steps. He followed a, a procedures. Oh, gravity's off. I best climb just, just into wait the here. thing. There oh. are good treats to be had when he, you know, landed properly during zero G training. He's a beagle too, so those ears just went straight up. Aww, mm. cute he's so pooch. cute. Actually, no, Porthos was. Oh no, because it was. It depends on where he was. If he was in his quarters, then he was affected. If he was in the ready room, he wasn't, because the bridge was fine. Oh, it was only a certain area of the ship. Yeah, yeah. Well, where does Porthos spend most of his time? I don't know. Wherever he wants, because he's a good boy. I feel like the way Jake asked that, it was almost like a setup. Like, I hope that Jake has a punchline. You know? No, I, I don't. I'm, I'm actually, I'm legitimately curious. Like, you know, he's not on the bridge, obviously. We see him in the ready room sometimes. He probably does. He just spend the rest of the time just in Archer's quarters, being lonely, languishing, not and getting being padded. Sad. Yeah. I I just thought of the greatest injustice this show pulls. We never see Porthos in a tiny uniform. Oh, we'll make one for him. We never, we never see. There's never a scene where Porthos has to take command when all of the humanoid crew are knocked unconscious by something. God. If Enterprise had gotten a TAS, there would have been an episode where Porthos turned human and the rest turned into dogs and he'd have to, like, wow. run the ship. Wow. It's like the counterclock incident, but yes. better? Yeah, just not a lot going on in this episode, really. There's Very a lot. The thing is, that's, nothing's that's, super interesting. That's the that's the thing. Like, there's too many things going on, but they're all bland. It's like, yeah. I liked Alen. She was cool. I liked the the... When we finally got to having a plot, but then it was over, mo like, very quickly. They never had a discussion of, do, do we abort the thing? Like we did with yeah. Troy in The Child. Well, well, Trip probably wouldn't believe in the right to choose. Well, he did no. specifically- He seems like a good old boy. Yeah, well, he did specifically southern. say he wanted to remove it without harming it, so that kind of ended the discussion there. Yeah, and then straight out into space, like we, like we do. In so. the finny tube. Jake, and Jake also made a comment, so I think when, when Trip was, you know, in- I might be a mommy mode and was checking out engineering for like hazards to children. And oh he puts his hand on what were obviously handrails on the turbo lift or the, the right? little the elevator. elevator. Yeah. And he's like, you can, if you put your hands here, they'll get crushed. Why would, and the other engineer says, well, why would anyone put their hand there? And Jake because and I, they're fucking handrails. And Jake and I, I both look thing. like, because that's exactly where anyone would put their fucking hands on this thing. Like, where else? How many people to have to lose hands? their fingers? All of them. Like, like how many trips to, to flocks do you need to get fingers reattached before somebody fixes that? And that's why when you get to the Enterprise in the movies, they've got that like plastic cylinder. So you don't put your hands outside and get your fingers chopped off. Yeah. They call that cylinder the trip tube. Yeah, I 100% I agree with trip. You know, pregnancy or no pregnancy, he's got a point that that is a serious safety hazard right he there. He should have noticed sooner, frankly. Yeah. I mean, unless Several the elevator has, some, like, has like an emergency stop mechanism where if it detects Thingies. skin contact, it stops or something. Who knows? Well, I mean, you can get that for like table saws here in the yeah. 21st century. So I'm sure that is a thing. 
But even then, that's just going to, like, just design the thing better. Yeah. Don't... Put a fucking ladder there. It doesn't need to be a lift. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I did I did find all the 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 freaking corny maternal instinct bullshit to be bullshit. I I roll worthy. Yeah, it was just bad sitcom jokes. Yeah. Oh, he's acting like a woo man. <laughs> oh, apparently there was a cut scene in which Trip was having dinner with Tapal and Reed, and when he left, he had to go vomit. Nice. Like you do. But yeah. Oh, did you I, guys notice that the Klingon ship we see is a Katinka class? Nope. It's like one of the old ones you, that you see in TOS. Okay, I was kind of even wondering the, if... Yeah, so even though it's 100 years earlier, I guess Andre Bormanis, the science consultant, I think? He was like, yeah, you know, like, like, like the, it's like the Russians. If, we, if the design works, why would they ever change it kind of thing? I feel like humanity is the only major spacefaring race that is just constantly redesigning their ships it's something wrong with us well we do that well, now every year the every yeah. year there's a new mustang or some shit well that's oh, yeah most most cars get releases every year there's a new iphone every year well but i'm thinking like just the fact that like yeah the interior tech gets better but the the silhouettes change sort of gradually over time, usually, not always, but usually. Whereas Starfleet's like, 13 different kinds of ship at once, and now we're going to come up with a weird new one, and yeah, now they all look like this, and every everyone else is like, look, we found a good model, and we kind of stick with it. Yeah. I assume, like, Starfleet is always trying to optimize for different things. Just yeah. because, like, the, the variety of missions that Starfleet ships end up doing. You know, a Klingon ship, they really have one mission. Yeah. Go kill shit, conquer, whatever you're going to do. But, you know, with Starfleet ships, it's like, okay, well, we need we need ships that are good in battle, but we also want to have science ships, and they and we need ships that go fast to do you know, emergencies. And See, oh, reality- we also need, like, carriers for colonization and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but I still feel like... In reality, what they would do is they would have the military ships, the science ships that would be hyper modular, as opposed to like, you know, all right, so we've got like the Enterprise, which is ostensibly a research special, but it's also kind of long range and also kind of military if it needs to be. Then you've got the Oberth, which is doomed. I mean, a strict science oh, vessel. Oh, it's so cute. Like the Mirandas, so the Mirandas are the ones that you can kind of mix and match pieces on, right? Yeah, they don't do that much, but that is ostensibly the idea of them. And I think that that that's like a retcon anyway, just because <laughs> yeah. we've seen we've seen Mirandas that look slightly different, so we're like, oh yeah, it's because they have a modular thing. Yeah, it's yeah. not because we lost that part of the model. <laughs> Although then it was the uh, and I, the idea kind of from the off with the Nebula class. That's why yeah, they have the idea. different top. Yeah, bits, like a depending upon their bench. mission. Yeah. Yeah, but it does it does seem like a better system would be to just make everything modular like yeah, have a standard drive section and then swap out different saucer sections. Like you have like take the Galaxy class drive section. Really powerful, fast, and it's got an attachment capacity to hook up to the saucer section. Yeah, so you, just can make always, a shitload of, you can always You can already detach that thing. Make a shitload of those drives and then put on different saucers depending on what you need. Yeah. 
I feel like they also retconned, oh, the bridge the bridge modules are removable and swappable. And that was retconned to explain why the Enterprise bridge looks completely different every time we see it in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> do we have yeah. any, anything else about Unexpected? Yeah, I do uh, have the note that Star Trek Magazine calls this one the worst episode of the season. I don't know. If this is the worst episode of the season, the rest of the season will be will be good cuz I didn't think it was that bad. I just yeah, think it was really think, unfocused. It yeah, it was unfocused. I think it was as good or better than last week's episodes to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, last week was weak. Speaking All of right. colonist ships, yeah, moving <laughs> there we on go. to the Terra Nova or just Terra Nova. Over 70 years ago, there was a human deep space colony founded and it called Terra was called Terra Nova, and we haven't heard from them in 70 years. And we have found the planet that we think that they landed on, so the intrepid crew of the Enterprise is going to go down and explore and see what they can see. When they arrive, they find some hostile and seemingly what would primitive? you call them? primitive? Yes, that's exactly it. Thanks, Ames. Primitive people, Malcolm mistakenly thinks like maybe they have scales or something. Uh, The reason for that is they seem to have like mud or paint or something on their faces. They are like virulently anti-human. The humans, they, yeah, true. They, um, (laughs) they mentioned that they, uh, the humans brought the poison rain, I think that they keep saying, that drove them from being an above ground people to an underground people. They injure and capture Malcolm, and I feel like we spend most of the episode just trying to get Malcolm back. Yeah, kinda. Um, no, you could say that like there were two sides. There was this. There was Starfleet side. There was the the Novin side, and then Malcolm in the middle. Ah, Fucking hell! Well done. B- big surprise. These weird primitive bipedal mud faced creatures are. <gasps> The progeny of the people who, the colonists who were lost from Terra Nova. Gasp. I know, shocking. But not that much gasp. (laughs) Nope, nope, pretty, pretty obvious. Also, like, we discover that uh, one of them, Nadette or Nade, Bernadette, right, Nadette or something. Nadette, yeah, yeah, yeah. She apparently has lung cancer, and so Phlox is treating her and doing his thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, discovers a picture and is like, look, you're this little girl. And she's like, Bernadette, my name was Bernadette. This is all bullshit. It was like (laughs) there was a plug pulled and suddenly she remembered everything. It's pretty wild. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. The end. And they had to relocate them because the water was right. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. They had to pull a Sergei (laughs) Rogenko. Except they knew. Yes. (laughs) And that happened because the someone had irradiated there yeah and, and, and a, a, an asteroid yeah had broken up and poisoned that's the what called the poisoned and, water and yeah they yeah. had their leaders at the time had thought it was humanity launching an attack because they didn't want to let more colonists in and that's why they're anti-human i want to i want to learn more about that like here's the thing here's okay launching directly in here's me here's my first bitching moment do it this fucking expedition was like Mayweather's obsession apparently and he was so into oh my god I'm gonna be one of the ones that gets to see what happened to the Terra Nova the Terra Nova colony and all this thing and he's so excited 
And then you barely see him for the rest of the fucking episode. Oh, and yeah. This is the story of, of that character. Of Mayweather. And then Archer fucking Tom Sawyer's him at the end. Being Why like, don't I'll you get write this... up the report? Yeah, you weren't even this... involved. <laughs> I'm going to tell you to write my report for me, but make it sound like a reward. Wow. The and Mayweather thing. falls for it. <laughs> gee, gee, Captain, thanks. Woohoo. Like I, I, there were that scene at the end when they're when they're eating at the table. I couldn't help but feel like it. It, it, it was like, ooh, Mayweather gets to sit at the adults' table and and eat dinner with the captain. Wowee! I just I feel so bad for the yeah. actor. Yeah, because it just, uh, it's just. It's like they Ugh. tease him with this episode, like, oh, man, this is going to be something that your character is specifically interested in, and then you do nothing. You yeah, do, he must have you been so excited when he first read that script. Ugh. He must have been like, wow, I'm really in this one. It's going to be great. And then... Every week, he gets, he gets screwed. He got screwed in the unexpected, too, because he just got to ferry yeah. uh, trip back and forth. Why couldn't that have been a fucking Mayweather episode? Why couldn't both of them have gone? They brought one engineer to fix their whole fucking ship? Come on. Yeah, Bring we a know buddy. at least three people fit in the cylinder, so... <laughs> anyway, but this episode... Hey, guys. Hey. I'm doing an off-world colony. It's going to be very dangerous. going to be heading out into the unknown. What should we call it? Should we, like, name it something <laughs> cool? Or, should like, maybe maybe we could name it after... A famously doomed expedition where everybody died. Yeah, that one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah that's, okay. That's true. I didn't think of that. Yep, that's the, that's the Scott expedition for you. Frozen yeah. to death in Antarctica. Uh, and, and I'm surprised they it was the Conestoga and not the SS Titanic that brought them <laughs> in. Like, for all the luck these people have. Oh. I will say yeah. they did. They kind of did a little bit with the Novans. What they did with the I forget the name of the people in Nemesis, the episode with Chakotay, in which they had kind of their own words for things, which yeah. makes sense because they. It sounds like only like their younger generation survived this asteroid incident. Well, yeah, because apparently, if you're under four years old, you can gain an immunity to deadly levels of radiation. So it's also a little bit miry. Yes, Christ. I thought that too. It's Christ. like yeah. Miri, except they don't drop dead once they hit adulthood. Thank so the, the first couple decades on that planet must have sucked. They well, should not have survived. Know, we don't know if all the adults died right away. They might no, have that's just true. gotten it's very sick, sick or had yeah. cancers and things and then gradually died off. But that was literally... I can't imagine a four-year-old girl... Yeah. Survived on her. I mean, there's probably other older kids that have just already died, too. Yeah, but they, they literally did say, oh, yeah, you're under a certain age. You can usually gain an immunity to these sorts of things. But they didn't like, say what the age was, so they just said that Bernadette was five or four at the time. Yeah, but still, like, I'm pretty sure there is no age under which... Oh, yeah, you can develop an immunity to lethal levels of irradiation. Yeah. That okay, is, fair. That is that, that is, is not a fair. thing. Okay. To defend, perhaps. I don't know why. Good, maybe good. they fled underground before. Like maybe the idea was that oh shit, the sky is raining fire and horror on us. Get the children to the caves. Yeah. You know, and then so they weren't. 
as long as they were in the caves, they weren't exposed to a lethal dose. Yeah, right. yeah and then fine. you build up your tolerance yeah, while you're in the caves. Fine as an explanation, but the one they gave was young enough people can just survive that shit. Yeah, okay, that's, that's a good that's point. Stupid. That is kind of dumb. I feel like that's actually, that's a flo- that's Flocks having a Zoidberg moment and not knowing how humans actually work. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, Open your mouth. The other one. We're going to find out, I think, because there's an episode coming up soon that we're going to find out just how, that, that Flocks just like showed up on Earth knocked on Starfleet's door and was like, can I get a job? And they're like, who, who are you? What, what are you? He's like, oh, I'm a Denobulan. Uh, I want a job. And they're like, okay, what can you do? He's like, well, uh, I can, uh, I have I all doctor. these, I have all these leeches you see. Yeah. 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 I love being a, yeah, I'm a great doctor. Everyone loves me. I know lots of sciences, all the science. I'm the best. Alternately, he was about to say, I'm a doctor of literature, but they cut him off after he said doctor and said, oh, thank God, we need one and yanked him in. And he's just been running with it ever since. <laughs> yeah, because, man, that guy, he does not know shit about science or <laughs> medicine. But he likes pancakes. That's a point in his favor. <laughs> and leeches or something, doesn't Well, that's a point against. But anywho. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think. Oh, I also have to give a shout out. Sorry. Before I get into that, I have to give a shout out to whatever production designer or whoever was like, when we when we enter the ghost town, what we really need is for a tumbleweed. To oh, blow my past God. Them. I was so <laughs> Just angry. to really drive it home. I was so I, fucking angry. I somehow missed the tumbleweed. Yeah, oh, there's a very fucking like just as soon as they walk into the ruins of the of the uh, colony. There's a, it's, it's not even like a little, it's like a litter. It's like the size of a fucking. Like a tire. It's like tire yeah, size. It's a huge fucking tumbleweed just blows through the frame behind them. It's just it's like, like what? it's like when the tumbleweed store went out of business in the Simpsons. Yeah. See, I was so busy focusing on the bicycle. Hmm. Yeah. It's in that, it's in that same shot. In the I was same looking shot with the bicycle. at the bike going you know you want to waiting for someone to go up to it and hit it and and reed reed did it he was the yep. one yeah yeah no the tumbleweed i just got to shout out tumbleweed cuz uh it was great but no what i was going to say is uh this episode to me it had a real tos quality to it yeah okay it also the... it felt like a combination of a lot of other episodes we've seen so oh yeah but just the idea of like going to a call it like this is one of the first times that it, it in a long time that if you have that sense of like oh we're gonna go check up on an earth colony that you know 100 years after it we have we lost like, contact like this side it. of paradise or some shit yeah exactly and like that was a, that was just such a common theme in tos episodes you know nazi planet gangster planet <laughs> all, all these planets planet planet native american planet although that wasn't really a colony but yeah um but yeah just like going and checking on humans humans that are out there and seeing what they're up to no that's that's true i think another kind of tos quality was the very like it's not even heavy-handed there's a word like a like trite the trite way that they decided to wrap things up with a Oh, we don't really trust you, all this thing. But then Archer's going to save this guy that fell down a well. And that's going to prove to us that he's trustworthy. And it just felt like such a 
just a, a cliche ending of oh how do we how do we wrap this up we need the people to finally trust him after all this t this the rest of this episode i know he'll save one of them from an obvious thing would it have been better if rather than archer hearing the guy shout they'd brought porthos who was like <laughs> yip yip and and archer's all what is it boy and yes. they run yes and it's like cave timmy's fallen down the well yes it would be better <laughs> Yeah, there's no plot that Porthos wouldn't make better. That's true. And Accurate. this one was piss poor, so it was really only, uh, uh, you know, only able to go up from there. Meanwhile, Man. in what's the name of the episode in TNG where Data poisons the waterhole? <laughs> oh, is, it a, uh, is it a fistful uh, of Data? Thine own self. No, not that one. The one where there's a girl who likes robots and really wants to fuck him. Thine own self. No, an earlier episode. Is it the my oh the other one with the oh that's he doesn't poison the water he destroys the water oh he works. destroys okay that's fine ensigns, that's that's ensigns of command ensigns of command thank you there was a little bit of that in this one because it's like colonists we have to make you move and you won't listen to reason and data knew how to make a move while they the, were fucking archers just like but but okay I'll just come and collect reed from you and leave and who knows what was gonna happen I I did appreciate though that he was like. We're going to just bring him home. It'll be fine. It works right in Tarzan. And to Paul is like, John, no, Jesus Christ. I did like, love to Paul's immediate answer is we go down there. We stun them all. We bring them on the ship and we take them away. It's like to Paul, Jesus Christ. Well, one of two things, either that's just pure Spock. Let's be honest. <laughs> or it's two, logical. <laughs> she was purposely trying to like get a rise out of him because she felt his plan was just as stupid. There are a lot of stupid plans this week. You go down there, you poison their water hole, you leave. Somebody's poisoned the water hole. There's a snake in my boot. There's a digger in my boot. Oh, they were cute. They were what, like little armadillo looking things? Probably, yeah. I think we only really saw their ass and their hide. I feel like we so. saw a tail. That's all I remember Aww. seeing, clearly. Porthos could have befriended a digger. Cute. That would have been a much better episode. They have adventures. Like Milo and Otis or whatever. No, not like think? Milo and Otis. I've never actually seen it. Does it end badly? No, it's not that it ends badly. It's that the people who made it were literally throwing cats out through down waterfalls in boxes. Oh my god! Because there were no like animal uh, animal cruelty rules in Japan or wherever the fuck Ooh. it was made. Yeah, so, they just followed around animals for a whole winter season to see what they would do, and yeah, and then strung together a plot out of it. That's yeah, kind of nice. like when uh, Disney threw all those lemmings off a cliff. I don't know if they threw them no off. No idea what you're talking them. about, they but this really happened, so. Yeah, they could, either way, yeah, that's not actually a thing lemmings do. They made that happen. Yeah. What? Lemmings, you know, say, the whole idea is that lemmings will follow each other off yeah, a cliff. Yeah, off a cliff, yeah, I've heard that. But that's, that comes from, well, I don't know if it was like a, a like a urban legend before it, but, or not, but like the, the it, it actually comes from a Disney nature documentary where they lured some lemmings into jumping off a cliff. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Much like we should have done with these people. <laughs> I gotta segway, say, man, I wonder if the actor that played Nadette's son... Eric Avari. I wonder if that guy ever gets tired of just playing a fucking downer in things. Oh, he's great. Like, he, was the, he was also, you'll remember... He was the the guy in um, the, I can't remember the name of the episode, but Destiny. the three serpents. Destiny with the three serpents. Yeah, oh he, my was God, he was Vedic Yarka. 
I forgot all about that. He was also a Klingon. I think that Klingon that gave um gave somebody a ride in Unification. No shit, I forgot about it. See, I was just too busy going, hey, it's that guy from The Mummy. Yeah. Yep. He's also in Stargate. He is. He is, which yeah, I didn't know until around. I was looking up his credits today. He's in everything. He's one of those that guys. How much of a downer is he in Stargate? Uh, he's not bad. He he plays the father of the uh Daniel Jackson's wife uh from not Chulak. Can't remember the name of the other planet, but yeah. And of course, he's he's you know he's Dadmiral's sidekick in the Mummy. Yum, Dadmiral Vance. Yeah, as an attractive man. Yes, indeed. This episode was directed by LeVar Burton. Yes, I noticed that. Well, nice try, LeVar. They can't yeah. all be winners. Well, as we often the say... The directing was fine. Yeah, as yeah. we often say when we have, like, a director we like on an episode that's, eh, they didn't write the script. Yeah, I don't think there was anything in the directing that I would say, like, oh, what was he, what were they doing shooting like this? But yeah, the, it, it's that it was another kind of bland script. Yeah. I'm very upset about Mayweather still. Yeah. yeah, I mean, get used to that. <laughs> he gets one episode, and I don't even remember if it's good. Oh, no. One thing that annoyed it's, me. I remember that episode kind of being like the Esri Dax episode. No. Oh, my God. I think you're kind of right, I think. Which which Esri Dax? The, where she the goes home. Where, where she goes home and her family's a bunch of shit. Oh, shitheads. prodigal daughter. Oh, no. Which yeah. Jake and I literally just finished we rewatching. Just watching, that was just on TV. <laughs> so we were, that's what that's what I'm thinking about. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, the uh, that uh, that episode. I mean, it's not. Yeah, whatever. We'll see. It's been a while. It's, it might be good. Okay, I think everyone's doing better than Bev, whose big episode is Fucked fucking a ghost. ghost. She's uh, great remember in Remember me. me. I was about to say that's her actual episode, but the one everyone remembers is Sub Let's Rosa. Fuck a Ghost. Yeah. Sub Rosa, thank you. Mm. This episode oh. wasted a whole lot of time in that spelunking scene because so it just—it felt like it took four goddamn ever to get Archer and and Jamin down the rocks to yeah. save Akari from the water rising. They had so much trouble getting down there. How did they get Johnny Broken Leg out of it? A uh, rope and Imagine. pulley system. What happened you was Nadette, Nadette didn't actually go down. She was still at the top. She just threw a rope down and pulled all three of them up. But with one, uh, like with a one bad arm. bitch. Or, That's how or, fucking badass Nadette is. Yeah, yeah. She seems like she probably was like a cool warrior of the wasteland when she no, was. No, not just you know. that. I mean, she fucking survived an apocalypse yeah, as I mean. a child. Yeah. I regrew a lung. <laughs> no, no, that's later. <laughs> or they just can't do that shit. No. Especially Neelix you know can't was. do that shit. Once they got him out from under the log, they just had him wait until the water. Once the water rose, he was able to like kind of keep himself afloat. And then they mm. all just crawled out together. There you go. So one thing that annoyed me. Go on. We have normal fucking flashlights now instead of the stupid box ones from TNG. Okay. But, but to know that it's the future, there's three pointless blue light bulbs attached to the outside. Oh, weird. I assume those are like buttons for different settings or like something. Maybe that's UV what it's supposed light. to be, but they were just like, yeah. it's the future! I still think the fucking phasers on this show look fucking goofy as shit. Honestly, I was thinking about that because I realized it's all the props. They all <laughs> look like shitty plastic toys. The communicators, the fucking T'Pol's scanner. The, they should have gone in a more like steampunk aesthetic for lack of a better term like more 
like metal and and like exposed circuitry and you know like the, like yeah like the original communicators from the cage you know how they yeah. were kind of like a translucent material and you could see like the circuitry and stuff inside? yeah i forgot about that but yeah exactly hmm. like just just work backwards from spock's tricorder instead of this again toyetic looking bullshit and that's what it is it feels like it's so they could sell toys yeah Ugh. like that was it, are they, they better than the dustbuster phasers from tng tbd i mean those I'll are g- also pretty stupid the design is bad but they don't look as cheap they look solidly built these look mm-hmm. like if you drop them they would shatter that looks like they're water pistols. If you drop them, they just spill water everywhere. Yeah. Like, a good example, I think, of what they could have done was something more like um, the Paul Feige Ghostbusters. The proton packs in that, I actually, in some ways, kind of prefer to the originals because they kind of look like something somebody hacked together in their garage. Like, don't get me wrong. The original design, classic, iconic. But it is so expertly made and machined. And it's like, Egon, what do you have access to? This is before <laughs> 3D printers. I mean, they did all work at a university. So he built them they... after they got shit canned. That's true. But they could have snuck it at night. I could actually totally see use the machine convincing shop. them to do that. They didn't actually, they didn't even sneak in. Venkman just conned some grad students into it. Right. They hadn't heard he'd been fired. But anyway... Anyway. I mean, never mind the fact that they also built the fucking ghost storage, you know, system. True. Which is apparently nuclear powered or I don't well, know. Well, so are the packs, but. Oh, but that's yeah, right. Yeah. Aesthetically, something like that. The the Feige Ghostbuster Proton Pack. I want that tricorder and phaser, not the chunky 2000s toys we got. Yeah. Yeah, was it um, Archer? I think Archer had the great line in this. We're not going to hurt you, he says immediately before shooting them. I said the exact same yep. thing. Wowzers. Yep, Wowzers. What he didn't get to finish what he was saying. He was gonna say, We we're not going to hurt you much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna hurt you, Wendy. I'm just gonna bash your fucking head in. What? He's the shining. The shining. Sure. Oh, there was a couple things I liked about this. One was that they ask uh, to Paul, does she know about the Terra Nova expedition? And she's like, no. And and Trip is like, well, well, that's a first because usually you know everything. We're also taught about all the Vulcan expeditions. And she says, name one. And Trip can't. And I laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That was Although a good here's touch. the thing. I guarantee she knew about this expedition. <laughs> <laughs> And like the pro- the reason why she had to deny knowledge of it is because a the Vulcans were just watching this whole fucking time. <laughs> they threw they that like, asteroid okay, in the first place. Let's let the humans figure out how fucking how much they don't know about space. I wouldn't. Put and that it's just past it's them. like a fucking punchline on Vulcan. Like they just use it like, huh? You pulled a Terran over there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> They but had to yeah. make sure they stopped saying that once the Federation formed. Right. Well, no, they just say it in Vulcan. Yeah, but I presume they don't have Vulcan. So it'd be like, blah, 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 Terra Nova, blah, blah. They go, sorry, what? Nothing. Live long and bite me. Oh, there was another little good touch that I liked because when they say, oh, such and such in several hours, and Jamin's like, hours? And mm. they're like, right, you wouldn't understand our units of measurement. When the sun's right about there on your sky, yeah, that. And I'm like, finally, someone who doesn't understand what a fucking hour is. They yeah. obviously use the metric system. Yeah, I know you already metric brought it up, minutes. but I, I, do, I did really appreciate the sort of 
pigeon language or you know whatever it was that they were using that's um, shale that's shale they're speaking yeah I they mean, were all kind of digging themed too yeah, yeah they're all they're all like things that you wouldn't say if you were mole people yeah i wrote one down <laughs> when when it was uh i think i forget what what um I think it was when uh, Archer is showing them the pictures of the original expedition on the screen. And he oh, says, yeah. bury your drawings. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That, make, that makes sense for people who live underground. And it was less, I don't know, jarring than it often is when they try to make up fake. Colloquialisms like it, and... You don't feel like it fracked up the flow? Yeah, like it, it, it wasn't as, because I feel like that was one thing that while I liked Nemesis, I found the language a little. Eh. Too much, this one, yeah. It, 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 didn't hit as hard maybe they were just delivering it better i don't know yeah. oh probably well, it not it also makes <laughs> sense too because it's like as you as you said earlier you know these are mostly young people you know the, the survivors are mostly young people so they might not have had a great command of the language bonk bonk on the head as, yeah they're, they're lucky as much of the language survived as it did because god knows yeah. how many words the survivors knew right apparently they knew shale yeah <laughs> Look, they but, uh, really like rocks. Yes, there was one. There was one kid that survived who was like the fucking rock kid. But that makes <laughs> sense because I think every kid has like a rock phase. It usually goes hand in hand with the dinosaur phase. Mm, that's true. So it kind of, you know, I never really had a rock phase. But every time I went to a museum as a kid, I wanted to get those stupid colored rocks, yep. you know, from the get like a bag of them for five dollars and they were just fucking bullshit that had been dyed i'm pretty sure it's probably oh like how light or something i'm an adult i could finally buy a fucking geode do oh, it yeah, absolutely and a bag you of know, river rocks yeah yeah you could buy a geode but that would be a big waste of money i'm sure yeah but i never no I mean, they're cheap are you serious geodes are, are geodes are expensive because they're so fancy i, I think we it. just thought they were expensive because it was more money than we had as kids but now Maybe. as adults it's like this is a bit of an indulgence but i've spent more on dumber i've seen people on like tiktok going out and finding geodes that too much effort cracking them open build one anyway. yourself um how much when i was a kid you bought a rock and then you just hammered the shit out of it and you got you a know geode who, inside you know who speaking of the language thing you know who probably would would have found this this pigeon language interesting. Hoshi? Fucking Hoshi. If True. she was in the episode. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. She's sitting there running comms and shit. This should have been. Never um, gets to uh, do anything really. Mayweather and Hoshi episode. And nope, they decided to make it a archer and kind of read sometimes. And even he's mostly just there to be injured. Yeah. See, it would I think it would have been better if Hoshi'd gotten captured. Because then they, we could have had better scenes of her trying to relate to the. She's already been in distress guard. so many That's times true, already, yeah. though. Like, yeah, get, having her need to get rescued again. Have, again. Her res have her rescue Reed. There we go. Yeah, have that her, works. Yeah. yeah, the fact that they assumed, because they didn't know these people were humans at the be very, very beginning, and they true. would think, like, you know, bring her down because she knows languages. Come on. Well, they also weren't expecting to find anyone when they first went down, so. Mm. How much yeah, did you guys... To... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, it wouldn't have taken them so long to figure out that these were humans, maybe, if they'd had somebody helping them with the language, since it took them a, a hot minute. And clearly, Star Trek does not exist in their world. <laughs> no show like Star Trek, you know? What were you going to say, though, Ames? Oh, I was going to move us on to the how badly we needed that skull flute playing scene. There is no way that skull was making those sounds. Like, I know obviously all the music is dubbed in later anyway, but 
There is nothing you could do to that skull in the real world to make it make that noise. Uh, you put a flute inside of it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. True. You could also fill it with resin and then drill holes. Yeah, it felt like another one of those scenes that was just here to pad out the episode. Because for a second it was all like, oh, is Reed watching this with kind of like a noble savage look in his eye? Or no, I think even. he was. And then and then it just passes on to the next scene anyway. And it, we never discuss. Like, we never it, get Reed's it was take on this. It was awakening his British blood. <laughs> you know, he was having he was having visions of his ancestors in pith helmets taking over the world. I must colonize. He just screams pip pip at the top of his lungs and goes berserk. <laughs> like some right. sort of British Popeye. Wow. All right, very last thing on my list is that I cringed openly when they brought back Amelia Earhart up for no reason. Because we know what happened to Amelia Earhart. She was eaten by coconut crabs. No, she's on that planet because she was abducted by aliens. Yeah. Yep. You know who wasn't abducted by aliens, but was going to move in with them for a bit? Leonard Lights. McCoy? Is that your yeah. segue? Yeah. I hate it. World is hollow and I have touched the sky. He was going to move in with the aliens. Oh, yeah, All right. that's kind of true. So we've we've managed to seamlessly segue, as we somehow did in the weirdest way, uh, to our blogtivity for this week. So we were saying how these episodes kind of reminded us of a little bit TOS episodes. Let's actually talk about some TOS stuff. Woo! So this week, our character spotlight is on uh, Dr. Bones McCoy. Love him. I have way too many best moments of Dr. McCoy because I couldn't think of enough not good ones. <laughs> I can only think of one bad one. A lot of my bad ones are just kind of joking, so we'll see how many of them remain. All right. I'm going to start. Do it. Best ones. Best. Uh, best McCoy. Saying, you know, screw causality. I'm going to give this woman a kidney pill. Oh, my God. <laughs> Two, cracking a joke at his own kangaroo trial. What episode is that? Star Trek Six. Oh, that one. Yes, and yes, in undiscovered country. It's like, wow, you are you are being railroaded, and you're still making a joke, and you made a Klingon laugh. Only one, but that's a fucking achievement. And uh, best moment, telling Khan how to kill him. Yes, oh, yeah. that one's high high on my list too. You're like, all right, pal, either I can save your life or this is how you kill me. Make up your mind. Don't be a bitch. A little bitch. I also love that scene. So good. What else you got? I still have too many. Someone else go go next. <laughs> my list is my list is very long. Jake, go for it. All right. I was ha I was having trouble thinking of moments, but uh, so here's what I got. I'm going to throw I'm going to add to the healing the kidney. Really? Uh, that's lady? funny, because that one's on my bad list. <laughs> really? I, see, I think that's I think that's a great, a great thing. Um, nope. Nope. He breaks the prime directive. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. My favorite thing is when Starfleet doctors are like, fuck your rules, Hippocratic oath. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. What takes precedence? The, the Hippocratic oath or the prime directive? Mm. That she is not his patient. <laughs> she no, has no. doctors already. <laughs> They, those doctors suck. Um, <laughs> and the prime directive comes first. Stone, stone knives and bearskins, okay? The only stone knives and bearskins. The only thing that supersedes prime directive is the omega directive. That's true. And general order 24. Sometimes. That's a um, treat. Anyway. That's um, a treat. <laughs> yeah, so this one is just kind of a, I don't know. This is more of a 
DeForest Kelly appreciation. I'll take it. Than a Bones appreciation, but pretty much anything he does in Star Trek 3 when he has Spock's Katra. Yeah. From trying to neck pinch (laughs) Commander Starfleet, which was great. Yep. And yeah, just any of the weird shit he did. Even in the scene like uh, when he's hanging out in Spock's quarters and he is like talking like Spock. uh, Mm. It's great. Yeah, and then this one, again, uh, my, all, I guess all mine are from the movies. Yeah, um, you guys really, really, oh, like, hyper-focused on the movies. Yeah, well, I just remember the better. Memorable, I think. So this one's from the movies. And again, it's kind of a DeForest Kelly moment, but also the Bones moment. When he is talking about how he euthanized his father. And there was, like, a cure a week later. And there was a mm. cure a week later. Yeah, he delivered that well. That, he and did. that was just a really good performance. Yeah, this I mean, show this show did not deserve DeForest Kelly sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you can tell how much William Shatner respects DeForest Kelly because of the great performance he got out of him in Final Frontier. No, you would have gotten that you would have gotten that uh performance out of DeForest Kelly if you wrote him trash. He <laughs> would still somehow sell it. But yeah. Uh, I just I always really liked that that moment in the movie. Yeah, um, a standout moment in an otherwise mediocre film. It's it's a movie oh, can I throw a... an honorable mention in, or should I wait? Let's uh, wait to see just yeah, in case. Yeah, let's wait to see. Yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait just in case because I have I have another honorable mention. But all right, are both Caitlin and I going to say the whole fucking prison scene from Bread and Circuses? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I love that scene too much. Uh, disco doc at uh, just just him <laughs> existing at the beginning of uh, TMP. Yay! I don't know, man. Everything he does is good. Every every single episode sign off where it's just him like smart mouthing off at you know at <laughs> Spock, you know, because he he gets those you know look into the camera and say, well, gosh, I certainly didn't blank 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 whatever it is that's funny. Yeah, he's you got know? comic timing despite. Most of the comedy not always actually being any good, but he makes it good. Yeah, he yeah he could sell fish to a fishmonger. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> he's really funny. He's what? got great timing and he's phenomenal. Is that a psychic? No, it is no, now. No, no, it's still not. I don't know. But yeah, pretty much any time. Any time he's on screen is probably my favorite. <laughs> there are very few instances, you know, where I'm not happy to see him. So. Okay, here's a couple more good times. Here's a here's a really good one that I think Caitlin will, will agree with. He saves the fuck out of Sarek's life in Journey to Babel. Oh, yeah. I had considered that one. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a really good moment that, you know, he... Because he doesn't know Vulcan physiology because Vulcans don't tell him fucking shit. And he, in the middle of a goddamn battle with Andorian... Or no, not even Andorians. Who are the fucks? The Orions, right? They turned yeah. out to be Orions? Secret, yeah. secret Orions. And he fucking pulled it off. Similarly, this one's also just for fun and, and pretty good. Reconnecting Spock's brain. I was just thinking about that. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I had considered, you know, from earlier, somehow managing to keep his corpse alive. Mm. That's actually that's pretty impressive. That, that's even more impressive. And installing the remote control system, which is pretty slick. RC Spock. We loved it. <laughs> and Spock. I've lost count if I've given too many already, but here's another one because I just I, I love it so much. 
his whole grappling with death stuff in For the World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky. Because mm. it's like really good acting work. And I I love I love him so much in that episode. And it's yeah. great. I that's a and yeah, that is a phenomenal episode just in general. Oh yeah. As you say. What were your honorable mentions, Jake? Uh, really, the honorable mention I wanted, uh, mostly just because I wanted to make sure it got said, and it did get said, so uh, thank you, Caitlin, for bringing up Disco Doc. <laughs> hey. Disco Doc was also going to be an honorable mention Yay! for me. I have, I have a handful of honorable mentions because there's too many great moments for Leonard McCoy. Go for um, it. In This Side of Paradise, he slugs a guy without even dropping his drink. That's right. And it's ah. such a it's such a McCoy thing and it's perfect for him. Remember how um, happy he looked when he had those ladies on his arms and shore leave? <laughs> the look on Doc's face. That's that's A plus shit. Oh yeah, those things with the triple tits. Yeah. <laughs> triple tits. <laughs> yep. He decides in the Corbomite maneuver, even though we're in the countdown to death that Sulu is keeping track of for us, he his final act is to write Bailey up for bad behavior. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say to make a mint julep. No. Uh, I forgot about the countdown. That <laughs> Fucking Sulu. <laughs> don't worry. Sulu week's coming up pretty soon, so keep that one in your back pocket. I don't know if that's great or awful. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I also love when he saves Mirror Spock and Mirror Mirror, because that's just very sweet. Again, he's a man who needs a patient. Mm-hmm. And here's my bonus item, and this comes actually from Dick Forrest Kelly's bio- or. Uh, yeah, his biography, something I never realized. Uh, so I think we've mentioned before when watching the show that we always say, like, McCoy's got a, a pinky ring. And I was like, damn, that's a that's a f- well-dressed oh, yeah, yeah. man. He's got his, got his pinky ring. He's got this bling going on. And apparently Roddenberry had tried to tell him, no, you're not going to wear the wear the pinky ring. Because, you know, in n- no one else is wearing jewelry on the spaceship. Spaceship. Mm. Starship. But DeForest Kelly insisted because it's his mother's ring. Oh, and I find that boy. very sweet. That's nice. What uh, what was the ring? Did he say? Was it just like a was it an old wedding ring of hers, or was it uh? Uh, I don't remember. I just know that it was her ring. It might it might have been a wedding band. I don't remember. Okay, it was a cock ring. His mom's cock ring. No, she yeah. Zephram cock ring. Weird <laughs> cock ring. Ah, uh, but we love you, DeForest Kelly. But here's some times where we didn't love you so much. Man, I could have done without the casual racism. Tell. What one moment, please. racism. Oh, what, God do you damn have, it. Do you have one one in- instance of it? Uh, sh- shit. I don't know. Anytime he called Spock a pointy-eared hobgoblin or a green-blooded... Hobgoblin. Or a hobgoblin. Whatever he called him a hobgoblin. That can be the one. I, I think feel like that him. happened a bunch of times. Well, yeah, but that's it, though. Like, he is. He's very casually racist. To his best friend. Well, can I... Can I... To the man I can he help, loves. I can, can I, I can help you, Chris, because I have a, a, a moment that's related that I was going to mention. Please. And maybe we could just share it and have it Oh, you guys can share. It's actually not one moment. It's just the like the, the type of asshole he was to Spock in um, fucking... Is it the Tholian Web? Tholian Web. Yeah. He was such a prick to Spock that episode. Yeah. That was my moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I remember I, that. 
I rewatched that one recently because I was trying to find a good screen screen grab for the Spock uh, episode that we did. It's up on their Tumblr now, so go check it out. I might use the same one for this episode. We'll see. Because, yeah, the, they're both just so mean to each other. All episode. And the pointy-eared hobgoblin stuff comes out an awful lot in that episode. Terrible. Yeah. We love you, McCoy. And I think sometimes, sometimes, maybe not all the time, but sometimes it's because he doesn't know how to say I love you, Spock. (laughs) It is a very 60s man not knowing how to deal with his emotions thing. Mm -hmm. It just hasn't aged well. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's the one the one big criticism of the McCoy character that I do see a lot is they they would not get away with this today and have him be such a beloved character. No, definitely not. Also, I guess if I if I had to. You know, related to Shore Leave Planet. Doc, you're kind of robbing the cradle. With Spock? Oh, no, who was the, that? The, Yeoman, the, Yeoman the, Barrows? The Yeoman he's semi-dating in that one. And I feel like World is Hollow Lady's a lot younger than him. It's like, she again, was it was, not. He wasn't? Oh, okay. But either, Yeoman Barrows at the very least. Like, yeah, that was a weird, weird but thing. But again, I get it. It was the 60s. It was okay then. Technically, you know, if they're both consenting, it's still okay now. But we look at it a little more askance nowadays. We're like, uh... But I'm stretching here because I love Doc. So. <laughs> this is the best I can do. Who else? Do you, do you want to give us any uh, more, Jake? Um, yeah. So, so I already gave the one, and someone might be able to correct me because it has been a while. But I was going. I feel like he did some had some fairly er, like I'm really stretching here, folks. He had some fairly irrational behavior with Nancy uh, Nancy Crater in the Man Trap. Oh, when he would not, when he wouldn't shoot her because she, he wouldn't accept that she was a monster or what? Yeah, when she was obviously a monster and everyone mm. knows she's a monster, but he won't do it because it looks like his girlfriend. Yeah, that was just kind of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, like you said, it's not even something I can like really fault him for because it's a weird situation. Yeah. yeah, it's a weird situation, but also just like. Come on, yeah. Doc. He stood in between, like, when Kirk was going to shoot the monster, he stood in the way. (laughs) Well, that's uh, Swings and Roundabouts, because uh, Kirk stops him from saving uh, Edith Edith Keeler. Mm -hmm. That's true. And speaking of that, wasn't very cool of Doc to get high on drugs on the company dime (laughs) and then go back in time and fuck up the future. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Doc. (laughs) I mean, I'm kidding. It wasn't cool, but it also wasn't his fault. Um, That's just how good this guy is. We have a real hard time finding things to give him shit about. <laughs> but I would definitely agree with Chris on the casual racism, though though it were a different time. Thought it was uh, unfortunate when he said that the Tribbles were asexual. Oh, yeah, that's just, yeah, that's a, that's that's a stupid line flow. Oh, right, bisexual. Sorry, bisexual. Chris is right, bisexual. You know, re- reproducing on their own, like bisexuals do. <laughs> is it a life finds a way i mean is it just their terminology in like a difference in terminology i think oh. the writers just didn't look it up yeah i don't think uh they did their research again not bones fault but he's the one that said that silly nonsense and he should have known better by the 24th century or whatever oh, clearly all right here's here's a couple more not mutinying against decker in the doomsday machine when decker was clearly unfit to lead mm. 
Because I mean, everybody, everybody except Kirk could be faulted there. Yeah, but McCoy specifically has the "I'm the CMO," and if someone yeah. is having a, like a, a a medical or psychological episode, you're he's supposed to put them on like out of control, out of command. Um. Although, as we have seen, on um, any time a physician does try that, they are roundly ignored. <laughs> are they? When else do we see that? I feel like, no, well, no, I guess they always threaten it, but never follow through. Maybe that's it. He, would, he didn't think they would take, take him seriously. Okay, here's an actual stupid McCoy thing, which, which is just kind of dumb. Leaving his communicator on planet in a piece of the action. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, no. Oh, I Bad about Doc. That. Naughty Doc. <laughs> After all that, Jesus. They're all going to have smartphones in 10 years. You have starships in 10 years. Those guys are great mimics. That's true. Oh, speaking of the Tholian web, here's another one. Because I just rewatched the Tholian web. When Uhura tells everyone, I saw the captain, or tells McCoy specifically, I saw the captain, I saw the captain when he was phasing in and out of this dimension or wherever. McCoy does not believe her because everyone else is going insane. Mm. And because and, she's a woman. Yeah, and and because, yeah, exactly. But when Scott when Scott says he sees the captain, he's like, well, there might be something here. <laughs> yes, yes, my crewmate who is famously drunk three quarters of the day. I'm going <laughs> to believe him. Exactly. Also, uh, that time that McCoy said diapers. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't say that until TNG, though. Well, that's a bad, 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 bad Dr. McCoy. <laughs> and actually, that whole that whole thing, because it just makes me sad, because DeForest Kelly is probably 70, playing a 120-year-old man, and it just makes me upset to see the doc like that. Let me remember him the way I knew him. <laughs> Proud, decked out in his Saturday Night Fever best. Oh, but he's so sweet in that scene. I know, I love in him. He can do, he can do pretty much no wrong, except for the racism. And I don't know, do you ever slap any women to stop them screaming? I bet yes. he did, right? He, he slapped he the did. woman in Friday's Child. Yeah, he there slapped the pregnant woman. There you go. Well, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's awful. Well, I think that was too, uh, it was basically a pecking order thing, wasn't it? It was a, I need to show dominance so you'll take me seriously. I don't know. Because they were like, a. it was a weird culture. It was just an excuse to let actually that's a, somebody. That's a good point, because he, he was the one that had experience on that planet, on a Capella 4. Yeah. And he briefed everybody to say, okay, here's all the bullshit you don't do on Capella 4 because they'll take it personally and kill you. And somehow they bring down someone they didn't brief, and he yeah. does something and it gets him killed. Yeah, he, he winds up with the, like, fucking uh, crawl thing in his back. Something oh, like yeah. that. It was dumb. <laughs> crawl thing. I feel like that's not a great episode. I don't remember, though. Friday's Child? No, it's garbage. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really bad. It's also one of those cases where, like, screw the Prime Directive, these nomads that until three weeks ago thought the sun was a god have rocks we want. Well, also, but also there was, like, Klingon interference, too, that... Was there? Was that one of those as well? Yeah, that's was right, it? there was. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. Was yeah, the, yeah. The Klingons were, it was the Klingons were trying to get the the rocks but it's not clear who had gotten there first there was a good chance starfleet got there first and went fuck it mm. yeah but i feel like that's that's like another episode of a proxy war with the Klingons. yeah yeah i forgot about that aspect but that's what it was 
they like supported some guy in a coup. Okay, here's one more from my dishonorable mention list. Diagnosing Scott with misogyny just so he could go down to the brothel with them and wolf in the fold. I forgot that was the diagnosis. Right? It's very silly. Like, oh no, a woman did something stupid in the workplace and it got Scott hurt. Therefore, we have to go make sure we still like women. Oh my god, that is such a dumb episode. Stop leaving Scotty alone. But that is, I mean, that is the origin of the fisting joint meme, so... Yikes. Oh, God. We'll always have fisting. Thank God for that. I mean, it keeps coming up seven years later. I've I've had a chat with Jake that he's not allowed anymore. Fair enough. Really? Uh, So should I cut all that? Because I'm not gonna. No, you're fine. Anyway. This one's kind of a joke. The myriad times in the motion picture, he walks onto the bridge, does nothing, and leaves because the cutting of that episode was ridiculous. Um, Or that movie. That movie was ridiculous. I forgot about that, but you brought it up at the time. I feel like it happened like several times. I liked how supportive he was in the universal uh, experience that Jake showed us. That's true. He really took control. That's true. That should be one of my top moments is the time... You and DeForest he, were acting together? Me and, me and DeForest were in a scene together. <laughs> Jake, Jake, it's all right. You can be honest. We know you and him are buddies. You get to call him D. That's true. Aww. Yeah, he Big did go D. by D. It's cute. And my last one, and this one, this one can't actually be on the worst list because I love it too much, but it's the one thing that I wanted to bring up. He, he leaves uh, Natira because he's cured. Mm. And I'm so, my heart still breaks constantly. As their love was so beautiful. It was. Not as beautiful as our love for Enterprise. That's, you know what? I deserve that segue considering the one I gave you. Yay. This has been episode 319 of A Star to Steer Her By. Thank you very much for joining us. Next week, we will be looking at the Andorian incident. And breaking the ice and Ames, who is our crewman next week next week is scott week Woo! Woo. bust Yay. out your accents so yes you ah. can find us on whatever podcasting app you would prefer the one you're using right now is probably the best to stick with we are on facebook we're on twitter unless elon musk actually makes everyone start paying we'll see how that yeah, goes seriously yeah, he's got to see how many bots are following him and change his mind. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, we're on Tumblr where you can see not just our crew discussions, but all sorts of past articles. Uh, <gasps> the fanfics. Most, most Read of the fanfics. Doing the fanfics. We, we had some great ones recently. I mean, they're always great, but we had some recently specifically. That were great. Such that were great. So, yeah. Thank you for joining us next week. If the Andorian incident is what I think it is. There will at least be one highlight in it. So come here for that. This has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This be always Jake. He's dead, Jim. He's dead, Jim. He's dead, Jim. Jim! He's dead. That part you're cutting, Chris.